0: The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's
1: World. How many of us would fly in an airline where 50, 70, or even 95% of their planes crashed? With those odds, I think I'll find another means of transport, but what about you? Yeah, when it comes to making everyday moral choices, how many people take dangerous risks by breaking invisible laws? thinking nothing bad will ever happen to me. This is especially true when we think about modern sexual behaviors. What was once seen as a behavior that was confined solely within the bonds of marriage has been redefined by modern society as recreational, to be shared whenever and with whomever one chooses. But this redefinition has not come without disastrous consequences. Sexually transmitted diseases infect millions each year because people are willing to bet against the odds. The transmission of sexual diseases is so great that the United States Center for Disease Control encourages all 11 and 12 year old children to get inoculated against the human papillomavirus and it is estimated that the majority of sexually active people will get one or more of the 30 or so HPVs in his or her lifetime. But HPV is only one STD. There are far more. Some, such as HIV and AIDS, are deadly, while others have different consequences such as pain and infertility. Yet for those who are mutually monogamous within a biblically defined marriage, There is never a need to worry. Now considering that there are so many dangers out there and that there is a simple way to avoid them, one would think that intelligent beings would make smarter decisions. But no way. Why do we routinely bet against the odds by breaking invisible moral laws, risking life, health, and wealth? What happens in a society where each individual determines for himself or herself what is right and what is wrong. Is humanity suffering a moral meltdown? Stay tuned. The last century has seen dramatic changes in moral behavior, especially in North America and Europe. A majority of people in America and Europe had a certain consciousness of God at the beginning of the 20th century. Both Christians and Jews looked, to some degree to the Bible and especially the Ten Commandments as a guiding light for behavior. While being more God-centered didn't fully eliminate bad behavior, it did serve to temper the decisions people made. But during the second half of the 20th century, belief in God and morality in the West deteriorated rapidly. People began to believe that humans could do what was right apart from God. This idea that humans could be morally self-governing began to infiltrate educational and judicial systems globally. However, Human nature tells us that people will do what they want to do regardless of moral principles if they think they can get away with it. Our modern world prides itself on its scientific advances. We sent men to the moon and returned them safely. We developed computers, cell phones, airplanes, luxury liner ships that plow the seas, and hundreds of other inventions that work on natural laws. Just as the invisible natural laws that govern our universe cannot be circumvented without disastrous consequences, God's moral codes of conduct cannot be circumvented without painful, disastrous results. This is why we continue to have sexually transmitted diseases, divorce, and heartache by the bushel. There was a time when the majority of people thought adultery was wrong. Not that everyone remained faithful to their spouses but at least there was a belief among most people that this behavior was a violation of a sacred vow. People understood that if the trust between a husband and a wife was broken, deep hurts followed. Adultery was, and still is, a major cause for divorce in splintered families. Maybe, just maybe, that is why one of the Ten Commandments is, you shall not commit adultery. This command was given by a loving God to protect human beings from experiencing betrayal in that most intimate of human relationships. Any of you who have experienced this know what I'm talking about. Sex outside of marriage carries with it a host of problems premarital pregnancy, an extensive list of sexually transmitted diseases, poverty, and the pain of breakup and betrayal. Yet it appears that the majority today are willing to take that kind of risk despite the fact that serious consequences will ensue. But sex between a man and a woman outside of marriage is only the beginning of our postmodern delusions. Marriages between two men or two women is now the law of the land in much of the Western world. And anyone who speaks out against such unions is considered hateful. And guilty of the sin of all postmodern sins, being judgmental. But what are the facts? Do we show love by celebrating and promoting behaviors that only bring pain and suffering? Is a legal union between two men or two women the same as a biblically defined marriage between a man and a woman? What are the facts? Let's let two of the most prominent homosexual activists who arguably did more to sell the homosexual agenda to America and the world answer this question for us. Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen wrote After the Ball. The subtitle summarizes the purpose of their book, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s. They explain under the subheading, Just the facts, ma'am, Physiopsychological considerations that relationships between gay men don't usually last very long. Yet most gay men are genuinely preoccupied with their need to find a lover. In other words, everybody's looking, but nobody's finding. How to account for this paradox? Part of this is due to the characteristics of male physiology and psychology which make the sexual and romantic pairing of man with man inherently less stable than the pairing of man with woman. Sorry if the truth hurts. They go on to explain, As you can see, gay men have the worst of both worlds. They see one another as potential competition and as mere sex objects. That gay friendships tend to be even shallower than straight friendships is not surprising. We are not great believers in the efficacy of consciousness raising against such deep-seated, inherent problems, but it would seem that if any help is to be found for this problem, it would have to involve leading gay men, somehow, to see one another as human beings. Frankly, we aren't too optimistic. Today the Bible doesn't get a lot of respect from most quarters, but its instructions that marriage should be between a man and a woman is surprisingly borne out by Madsen and Kirk. Contrary to what people think, biblical injunctions are given out of love. Encouraging people to continue in a lifestyle that is leaving them physically damaged and emotionally empty is obviously not the kind of love God wants to show through His law. It is clear from a thoughtful reading of After the Ball that the homosexual lifestyle is not a happy one. Notice this indictment on page 325. Ugly or otherwise, life and its needs go on, and among those needs is the need for human contact and the desire for a lover. Thus many apparent devotees of impersonal sex are no such thing rather they are further victims of a gay lifestyle that just doesn't work. It should be added that impersonal sex outside of marriage between straights also leaves its victims physically damaged and emotionally empty. The fact is that instructions found in the book known as the Bible save us from a multitude of mistakes that bring about human suffering. But there are additional surprising facts brought out by Madsen and Kirk, and remember these were men who wanted to sell all of us on accepting, yes, celebrating homosexuality in discussing infidelity. they begin with the fact that there is plenty of it to go around, but it is an overwhelming problem for homosexuals. If as statistics have often shown, at least two thirds of married men are at one time or another unfaithful to their wives then surely the cheating ratio of married gay males given enough time approaches 100%. This is a remarkable admission. And betrayal results in pain, whether straight or otherwise. Madsen and Kirk continue, Then too, the gay community has never had any tradition of faithfulness. In our experience, Unfaithfulness between gay male lovers as often as not spells the beginning of the end. Many gay lovers bowing to the inevitable agree to an open relationship. It is indeed our impression that when gay relationships last at all, it's in diluted form as a result of some such accommodation, though not usually one so blatant. But they don't usually last. Eventually, one party heads for the door, so much for the myth of the happy homosexual marriage. The facts show otherwise, as we have seen, not from those unfriendly to the homosexual movement, but from two of the most prominent homosexual activists who set out to sell you on how you should think about this subject. Just when the anti-biblical forces completed their conquest of the Western world in regard to homosexual and lesbian marriage, They began to lobby for another right. We'll examine the facts regarding the transsexual movement in a moment. But I want to give you an opportunity to order our free publication that explains where our world is headed Armageddon and beyond. There's no cost, and your name will not be sold to anyone. It's simply yours free for the asking.
0: Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now. 1-800-236-0531. Or write to us at the address on your screen. Or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. And be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now.
1: Following the legal acceptance and media celebrations of homosexual and lesbian marriages, we're then told we must not just accept but cater to transsexuals. Bruce Jenner, who won gold in the nineteen seventy six Olympic decathlon as a male, we are now told we must refer to by a woman's name. Even to suggest today that there is anything abnormal about such a notion is enough to drive the media and cowardly corporations insane. Anyone who questions a premise must be a hate monger. This has been sold to young people and adults who ought to know better, but a half century of people fearing that they are too judgmental and the push to normalize alternative lifestyles along with the decline in belief in God have taken a toll on our culture where anything goes except the truth. But what are the facts? One of America's most respected psychiatrists is Dr. Paul McHugh who is a University Distinguished Professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. He wrote in the Wall Street Journal, Yet policymakers and the media are doing no favors either to the public or the transgendered by treating their confusions as a right in need of defending, rather than as a mental disorder that deserves understanding, treatment, and prevention. This intensely felt sense of being transgendered constitutes a mental disorder in two respects. The first is that the idea of sex misalignment is simply mistaken. It does not correspond with physical reality. The second is that it can lead to grim psychological outcomes. One cannot take for granted the courage it took for Dr. McHugh to write these words. And for the Wall Street Journal to print them. Yet this man knows what he's talking about. As the article continues, the transgendered suffer a disorder of assumption like those in other disorders familiar to psychiatrists. With the transgendered, the disordered assumption is that the individual differs from what seems given in nature, namely, one's maleness or femaleness. Other kinds of disordered assumptions are held by those who suffer from anorexia and bulimia nervosa, where the assumption that departs from physical reality is the belief by the dangerously thin that they are overweight. Certainly we would all agree that it would be irresponsible to encourage someone suffering from anorexia to continue on a diet to lose weight. That would be unthinkable. The anorexic sees herself unrealistically, not based in facts, not based in reality, and it is no different with the transgendered, not according to this eminent psychiatrist. And he's not alone. Other highly respected psychiatrists and therapists have also spoken out on this subject. Individuals with an assumption disorder, according to a number of professionals, who deal with this on a daily basis, are best served by counseling to help them come back to reality. It is significant to know that in the 1960s, Johns Hopkins was the first American medical center to perform sex reassignment surgery. However, they stopped these procedures the next decade after a follow-up study showed that these individuals were no better off than those who didn't have the surgeries. Quoting Dr. McHugh again, it now appears that our long ago decision was a wise one. A 2011 study at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden produced the most illuminating results yet regarding the transgendered, evidence that should give advocates pause. The long term study, up to 30 years, followed 324 people who had sex reassignment surgery. The study revealed that beginning about 10 years after having the surgery, the transgendered began to experience increasing mental difficulties. Most shockingly, their suicide mortality rose almost 20-fold above the comparable non-transgender population. So one must ask, is it loving to encourage people who have a psychological problem to continue in it? or doesn't love itself require us to speak the truth? Studies at Vanderbilt University and London's Portman Clinic show that 70-80% to 80% of children who are confused about their gender spontaneously lost those feelings over time. However, parents are being encouraged to make dangerous choices for their children at an early age, contrary to nature. Some parents are raising their boys as girls, and their girls as boys. Other misguided parents are trying to raise their children gender neutral. And sadly, shockingly, academia, politicians, news media, and major corporations either go along with this foolishness or promote it. Many people today consider the Bible as outdated and filled with myths, but most who hold this opinion have never studied it. The result is that many have strong opinions about which they know little or nothing. So whether you believe the Bible or not, let's notice what it actually says. According to the opening chapters, it informs us that human life began with a man and a woman. Adam and Eve were given a choice. They could trust God to determine right from wrong, or they could trust themselves in their five senses. They chose to reject God And trust themselves. The Bible is not vague when it comes to sexual relationships. It claims that God is the one who created us as sexual beings. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. According to these few words, man is more than a mere animal. He is made in the image of the one who created him. Furthermore, mankind is made up of two kinds male and female. Now this is something that should be obvious to all of us, but as we're learning, this is apparently not so. Young people are being indoctrinated otherwise and many of their parents are going right along with it. Things are getting crazier each and every day. Sober-minded people sense that something is terribly wrong with our world, that it is going in a very bad direction, and they are correct. We are going in a very bad direction. What's behind this cultural shift and where is it heading? I'll answer those questions in the final segment of our program, but before I do, I want to give you another opportunity to order our free publication, Armageddon and Beyond. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call for your free copy of Armageddon and Beyond. You can also order on our website, at tomorrowsworld.org. And please find us on Facebook.
0: Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Or write to us at the address on your screen. Or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org.
1: sober minded people sense something is wrong but feel at a loss as to what to do about it they wonder why behaviors that were once looked down upon are suddenly and one generation being accepted wholesale because of intimidation from media schools corporations and those around them they wonder if they are the only ones left with any common sense they don't hate they simply disagree They wonder why encouraging hurtful behaviors has become the norm and warning against these behaviors out of love has become hate speech. So, why has this happened and where is it heading? Few people today have read very much from the Bible, and fewer still have read it all the way through. It would therefore be a huge surprise to the uninformed to learn. That the conditions we see in our current world were predicted 2,000 years ago. The Bible foretells that man will finally come to a place where our Creator will have to step in and stop this experiment, where men and women do their own thing, defining for themselves what is right and wrong. To put it in stark terms, our total rebellion and rejection of God. Would, except for his intervention, bring us to the destruction of all intelligent life from this planet. We read this in Matthew, the 24th chapter, and verse 22. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. This is said in the context of what is referred to as the end of the age, as we can see from verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? There are numerous references found in the Bible recorded at different times by different prophets of this climactic future time. Some 2,500 years ago, the prophet Daniel referred to this time in these words, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Could you find a more apt description of our time where we see a great knowledge explosion and people traveling about in a way that far surpasses any previous time? We travel about in high-speed trains, jumbo jet planes, and automobiles of every sort and in numbers without end. Some of our cars now even drive themselves. There has never been a time even approaching what we see today in transportation and knowledge. Who can deny that our day today perfectly fits this description? But there is far more that we are told about this world and what is ahead for us. The prophet Jeremiah speaks of this time as having a crisis in leadership. He speaks of a time when the land is full of adultery, lies, and sexual immorality. And then makes this chilling declaration in Jeremiah the 23rd chapter and in verse 20. In the latter days, you will understand it perfectly. We are informed in Luke the 17th chapter and verse 26 of a moral condition that will accompany these troubled latter times. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. So, what were those days like? should it surprise us that they were very much like our world now? We are told in the book of Genesis that destruction came upon the world of Noah's day because, as it says in chapter 6 and verse 5, every intent of the thoughts of his, that is man's heart, was only evil continually. The Bible also compares the end of the age to another former time in Luke 17 and verse 28. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built, but on the day that Lot went out of Sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. For the people of that day everything seemed to go along as normal, but there was nothing normal about the way they lived. Sodom was known for gross sexual perversions. The very term sodomy comes from the biblical account of the city of Sodom and the kind of practices that were found there. Now if you sense that something is going terribly wrong in our world, you're absolutely correct. A great tribulation is coming soon upon the earth. We have chosen to continue an experiment of rejecting God and choosing for ourselves right and wrong, and for the most part it seems like we choose evil over good more often than not. Now if you'd like to learn more about the coming tribulation and the good news beyond, be sure to call, click, or write for our free booklet, Armageddon and Beyond. Not only does it address the crisis that is surely coming, but it gives the good news that will follow. You need this booklet. You need to know how you can escape what's ahead, and you need to know that there is hope for a better world to come. That hope is the reason we call this program Tomorrow's World, so don't put it off. Call now for your absolutely free copy of Armageddon and beyond. It has already been paid for through the tithes and offerings of members of the Living Church of God, the family that supports the work behind our Tomorrow's World telecast. And be sure to come back next week at the same time and the same station when Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, Guest presenter Rod McNair and I will bring you more understanding about our world from the pages of the Bible. See you next time!
0: To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to TomorrowsWorld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter.